Yo, 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 yo. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the podcast. It's a little bit late this week. Had a couple things going on, but we are here. I am here. I shouldn't say we. There's no one else here. Ethan is in his crib. He is napping. So now is when we're going to do the podcast. So first of all, you can always email into the show at afterthegigpod at gmail.com. Uh, there's a new video up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash after the gig. little thank you to all the people who came out to the shows, um, out in the Midwest. Well, we did one in Indy. Uh, we were in Columbus. We were in, um, DC. Well, I guess, I guess John and I already talked about this, but I just wanted to personally thank, uh, a couple people that got me some really great stuff or got Ethan some great stuff. Jeff, uh, Christofferson, he, uh, knitted, knit, knit or knitted, knit sounds right. I'm going to go with knit. So you knit this amazing sweater and I have a great picture of Ethan in this sweater, just laughing and it's really, really cool. Um, so I'll have to share that picture up on the, uh, the Patreon there. Um, but man, it was, uh, <coughs> it was fun. So basically what I want to do today is uh, just answer some of the questions that have come in over the last couple of weeks. Um, a couple of things that I haven't been able to get to. Sorry if you hear the clicking on my my uh, keyboard or my mouse here, my computer. Uh, let's see. All right. So Katie Dorn Musselman asks a quick question. There's a couple of questions here. Um, you don't have to answer on the podcast. I'm going to answer it on the podcast. Of course, I'm going to answer it on the podcast. Why is the list of requests for backstage called a rider? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm actually going to look this up. Why is the list of stuff people get backstage called a rider? That's a really good question. Rider, theater. In theater, dance, and live musical performance, a rider is a set of requests or demands that a performer sets as criteria for the performance, which are typically fulfilled by those host, uh, by the hosting venue. Let's see. <clears throat> and it's, it's a hospitality rider. Types of riders include hospitality or technical, which means technical is like if the sound guy, say, in this case, Doug, needs something, needs something done before a performance or needs a piece of gear, the, um, the venue is supposed to make it available or have it available. Since inclusion riders, since the 2010s, inclusion riders, which provide um, for certain levels of diversity in casting and production staff are used in the film. Um, that doesn't seem, I, w- I want to know why it's called a rider. There's examples of riders here, specific foods and beverages, fresh towels, transportation, hotels. That's a runner. A runner can be a person that's hired on the rider that can go and do shopping and stuff. Usually the venue has a runner that buys all the shit that's on the rider. So that's one thing. Um, a number of complimentary tickets or guest lists that is part of the hospitality. So if, if someone's asking like, Hey, uh, any guest list spots, 
they're usually pretty limited to the the budget allocated towards that thing. So the budget allocated towards that thing is either for food and things in the venue to make make the band comfortable. Also, the band, which we do a lot, we can opt to get a buyout, which is that amount of money that was budgeted for rider stuff. Usually we do half and half. So we get some stuff in-house and then we also get some cash to be able to go out and go buy dinner somewhere or whatever. Um, or I think John saves most of his buyout money um, because he cooks a lot. <clears throat> um, this is actually kind of inter- interesting. Security personnel, that's all part of that same budget. Merchandise, merchandise rider, technical rider. Yeah, so like things like if you're playing at Rockwood Musical, Rockwood Musical, they have a uh, grand piano available, but it's in the, it's like on a, um, uh, like a crane. They have to put it like in the wall and then it comes out on a crane and sets down. So you want to make sure before, before the day of the performance in your advance, um, advance does takes care of stuff like parking and, you know, venue items, like what, where do I park? Or like, how do we set up? What time, what time is everything happening? The schedule, all that stuff. Um, so like Rockwood has a piano and you need to specify in your technical rider, what kind of things you need. Like, do you need that piano? Because after the performance at six o'clock, your performance at seven o'clock, the people that work there need to get the piano on the stage. They need to get everybody off that was playing at six and then get the piano, piano on the stage. Same thing with lighting. If you don't have a lighting guy, they want to know what kind of lighting you're using. Um, oh, here's a, a list of unreasonable requests. <clears throat> I'm just getting this from Wikipedia. So on occasion, an artist writer may be seen as unreasonable or excessive for a given performance. It is often the case that such riders were devised for larger and more complex performances. In situations like these, the stage manager would talk to the band manager about alternatives. Um, this happens, and this is me talking now, this happens when you have a set rider for, say, you're on a big tour, but then you play a secondary market, and these people, they're not going to get you all the stuff because it's not in the budget. So you have to have alternatives when you're not playing in a, um, when you're not playing in an appropriate environment. <clears throat> Some requests or requirements are used to avoid certain conditions in small venues. I see. So it's put in there to avoid having to play those places. If an act is required to perform as a condition of grant money. Interesting. Such clauses make it difficult to put on a show and or limit production quality. An example could be a ballet choreo- uh, choreographed for a 60 feet by 60, f- 60 foot by 60 foot stage adapting to a smaller stage could require removal of vital parts of the performance. Another example is asking for unnecessary large power supply. Okay. So this makes sense. Like it's still not telling me why, it's called a writer. Should we look up the, the definition of writer? Oh, writer, that's... 
Hospitality. Okay, I don't know. Rider definition. All right. A person person who is riding or who can ride something, especially a horse, bicycle, motorcycle, or somewhere. That's not... Oh. A condition. A pro... Uh, Provision added to something already said or decreed. Interesting. I think that's what we're talking about. So I guess rider, a rider is an insurance policy. A rider is an insurance policy provision that adds benefits to or amends the terms of the basic insurance policy. Riders provide insured parties with options such as additional coverage or they may even restrict or limit coverage. There's an additional cost if a party decides to purchase a rider. Okay, so this makes a lot of sense. So a rider is an additional part additional part to the deal. So if you're getting paid X amount, that doesn't include the rider. The rider is an additional condition or provision that's added to it. And it's usually something like a hundred bucks. You know, a hundred bucks can buy you a lot of eggs and deli meat and stuff that we get put on our rider can buy you a shitload of Bud Light for Carter. Um, but I think, I think we got the answer. A rider by definition is a, um, is a a condition or a provision, a new thing added to something that was already set. Um, so that's what, that's what it is. All right, good. I'm glad we figured that out. Best podcast ever. Um, and I'm being serious. I'm not being facetious, uh, or sarcastic. A podcast question. As our family gears up to drive South to VA for a concert next weekend, I am wondering if your schedule allowed it, what is one band musician, band slash musician that you would travel a long way to see perform over, um, to see perform over and over again. Sorry, I can't read. So, um, that is a very good question. I have never followed a band or a performer to any kind of like to multiple venues on a tour. Um, not that I haven't wanted to. I mean, I guess I saw, I saw 311 like every year. And I would, I went up to Boston to see them. And that was a big deal for me because I, my dad, I didn't have a driver's license at the time. So my dad took me up to see, to see the band. I went with my cousin, Danny. Um, so we, we both, we both went to see, and that was my first experience with like getting like a contact high (laughs) to see 311 at the, uh, at the pavilion in, in Boston, which was a great experience. It was a fantastic show. Um, it's always a great show. And then I think, I don't know if I've told this story before, but I waited in line for a long time um, at Lupo's, which is the Strand Ballroom. And I always get it confused, which, what, where they want to call it now. But anyway, it was Lupo's at the time. So Lupo's, I waited in line, got a front row seat. I was there right when they opened up the doors and uh, I got right in the front row and it was either my 16th or 18th birthday. I actually can't remember which one it was. That's how good of a time I had. But um, I got right up in front of the stage, right at the barrier. 
and I was right in front of Tim Mahoney, uh, who plays guitar for 311. And it was by far like one of the best concert experiences I've ever had. It had so much fun. I remember seeing the look on their faces, seeing their interactions because I wasn't so far away. I could see everything. It was great. Um, see how incredibly stoned they were. Um, every song was super slow and it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, I guess John Mayer would be another one. Um, I've seen him anytime he comes to the Northeast to Rhode Island or, or Boston, I, I go, I, I just, his band, I love his music. Say what you want about the guy. His guitar playing is incredible. Songwriting is incredible, but, um, man, it, it, just the band, also the band that he brings out on the road with him is just unreal. Uh, Aaron Sterling, his, his drummer. I saw him when he had, um, Steven, uh, Steve Jordan on the drums. He's had Pino on the bass, like most, most of the time lately. Um, but I mean, he's just had so many great bands over the years. Uh, so him, you know, I went to Connecticut to see him with Dead and Company, and I'm not like really a Grateful Dead fan, or I wasn't. I like it a little bit more now. It's not my favorite, um, but you know, I'll listen to it if it's on. So I went to Connecticut on my birthday to see him with them, and I feel like it's always kind of around my birthday because it's always kind of cold. Um, birthday's coming up in a couple weeks, actually, guys. Oh man, November 10th. Um, so yeah, it's great. <laughs> birthday, birthday talk. All right, moving on. I hope that answered some of your questions, Katie. Um, I, uh, that was really, that's actually interesting to learn about r- the writer. And, um, yeah, you know, I know a lot of people come out to see carbon leaf shows, like multiple, uh, multiple venues. People have traveled across the country to come to the, the last show of the year, the Richmond show, um, at, uh, at the national it's just it's one of those bands it's one of those bands where there's it's easy access in in into connecting with us like you know i have this podcast uh all the guys are on facebook or instagram i'm on instagram i have the patreon where i try to i try to give a little bit more um because you guys give a lot more you guys give your time and you give your energy and you give your love for the band and we try to give out as much as possible. I've had, I've never really had an experience with a band or an artist that I really, really love that, um, that I felt was so accessible. I feel like being accessible nowadays will get you a long way, you know, to a certain extent, like everyone here knows that I like my privacy, but, um, as far as being accessible as a band like Carbon Leaf, it's pretty accessible. Um, so I hope that clears a little bit of that up. But I've never felt that way. I've never like I've never waited after a concert to meet somebody. I've never. Um, that's a lie. I, with Evan Sanders, I've met uh, Jacob Collier a couple of times, and uh, I met the band Dirty Loops, who is this incredible kind of prog rocky pop. Um, like trio and they're unbelievable. Um, but other than that, I've never like stayed outside to wait for somebody to come out to the bus. Um, but it's a great feeling when people do that for us, they stay after and they want to catch us, you know, 
when we're in our street clothes and going to the white whale or going to the, the bus or whatever it is and, and, uh, get a glimpse before we leave town. And that's fun. That's, that's great. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Moving on Do another question. Jessica, this isn't a question. It was thoughts about the last podcast. So, just listened to your new podcast with John. It was super fun as always. I had to laugh when you guys were talking about the people, the reason shows who completely ignore the rules. The woman at Festy who came up up front and was dancing in between the boxes lurched over to me and yelled, want to get up and dance with me? Right in my face. I could smell the alcohol on her breath. Well, you know, we all knew that's what was going on. Sandra had a couple too many, two tree many, and uh, got a little drunk and danced and forgot about the global pandemic. So I was leaning as far back away from her as I possibly could and said, no thanks. Uh, Ethan is about to wake up. I'm watching him on my monitor here. That was not a very long nap. Please fall asleep. Please don't wake up. Oh, his eyes are open. Might have to pause this. But, um... I was leaning as far back away from her as I could, and I said, no, thanks. I'm good. While trying to give my best F-off vibe, uh, which is hard for me. Um, I was glad when the staff member came over and told, uh, told her to get back. I never once saw a staff member, like, police any of that stuff. Never. Not once. Not in Ohio. Not Well, I guess it was a little different in Indy. Um, but I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't really tell. All right. The dude has woken up. I will get back to this email and the rest of the podcast in a moment. I'll be right back. Oh, geez. It's a good thing. I had nothing actually to do today because that break just went from nap to nap. That's what I call it. We're like a three hour break. What you, what to you will feel like, I don't know. Literally a second. So, um, all right, I'm back. <clears throat> Little guy is back down for another nap, and now I'm back. So, where was I? Uh, Jessica here. I was also thinking a bit about creativity and coming up with new ways to say things or express yourself. And while I see your and John's point about how people should try to do that, I think it's really hard for the average person because so many people don't think of themselves as creative. They think that either you have it or you don't. And, um, and don't realize that creativity has to be or even can be cultivated. Or they think creativity also comes in a few forms, like making art or writing music, so they don't even really try to bring creativity into their lives because they already think they can't do it or don't have it. Or if they try, they assume they'll fail and it'll fall flat. <clears throat> um, so they stick with other people's uh, word, words or cliches or whatever. Uh, I see this all the time in my work and uh can be a real struggle to convince people that they actually are creative beings not sure where i'm going with this but maybe some food for thought that is a good point um you know when i see creativity 
it's not just in in a song or uh, in words or in paintings or pictures, whatever. It's how you view the world. Whether you're a quote-unquote creative person or not, we all view the world in different ways. Like people can think of a calendar and how they schedule their time creatively. People can make a spreadsheet in a different way and in a creative way that makes someone else look at things differently. People have creative ways of explaining simple, maybe mundane things, but if you explain it in a creative way, then maybe that person, it sparks interest in, in something. So being creative isn't limited to uh, making art. It's not limited to art in general. Being creative is using your brain to find new ways to do different things. So, you know, even just the way the way I have my desk set up, I feel like is a very un not creative or uncreative way to set up a desk, you know? That's just how I feel. But I know that, you know, I've I've watched videos of how people set up their workstations and and ways to be productive. And they are very creative. Interior design, where you put the couch, how you put the TV up, uh, or where you put it, or how how you set up your, your plants in the room. It's creative. It's all creative. You're creating a space. You're you know, putting books on the shelf in a certain order, uh, color coordinated, or whether it's based off of uh, subject matter, that's creative. So, um, John went hard in the paint <laughs> when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, but I think that just personally stepped on his idea and um, and also sparked a bit of a, uh, or, or pushed a button that many musicians, it's like, nobody wants to be up there, especially me on my own. If I'm playing a song, it's, it's the same thing as like a heckler in the crowd or, uh, you know, someone yelling in this case, yelling free bird when you're playing a song and you want, you're trying to do something. It's just an uncreative way to try to grab attention. And I think that is the kind of nuts and bolts of that point that he was trying to make. But don't think that because, you know, in some case that you can't, uh, you're not a songwriter or you can't draw anything, which I, I personally, I can't draw anything. I am so bad and I'm so non-creative when it comes to actual drawing and painting and putting colors together. Like it is not my thing at all. And I'm, and I'm, um, and I'm like in awe of, of people like my buddy Nick, who is a designer, the things that he can do, just the way that they see things. Katie Musselman, who's a, an amazing supporter of mine and Carbon Leafs in this podcast and, and um, draws stuff all the time. And it's always incredible. Um, I have stuff here that she's given to me that I still need to frame and put up on my walls, but like, it's such cool stuff. It's very, it, and, and their kids are very, you know, into the same thing, very creative. So it just matters. Um, and I struggle with it too. I've talked about how 
I get frustrated with not being able to maybe take the same type of pictures or write the same type of song as some of my heroes or people that I look up to, but I still, it's one of those things that you still have to try because you see the world in a different way. You see things differently and you might not realize it. You might not realize it. Um, I remember playing, when I was playing drums in high school, I used to not, I just, it's going to be hard to kind of pull this parallel, but I also don't see myself and I don't hear myself in the same way that other people hear me. So you have to understand that in your head, you're going through, you know, you're going through space and it's, and it's going to be different than somebody else. And, you know, sometimes people's tastes and people's creativity gets very popular and that's all well and good. And some people's don't, but it doesn't make it any less good or any less creative, um, to you. And you should do it for you and not for other people. And I should heed my own advice, but sometimes I don't. So I, I completely understand that, but that's a great point. And I hope I didn't go off too much on a rant, but I think it's important for people to understand that, um, even in their jobs, if it's, if it's, uh, even if you're in a cubicle or I don't know, if you, if you work in a doctor's office, if you're a dental hygienist, if you're, <laughs> if you're, a um, a secretary or, or whatever, you do something every day that's creative, that is unlike something is unlike the way that anyone else does it. And to take those things and to take pride in those things, whether it's the, the type of pen you use or the way you write or the, or the way you have things organized on your desk, take pride in those things because they are creative. Um, okay, moving on. So I think I have, oh, and, you know, I talked about this before, but Jeff made a, an amazing, uh, knitted sweater for, for, uh, um, for Ethan. And I'm going to post, I got to post that picture because it's amazing. It's him in the sweater, just laughing and, and Genevieve behind him. It's, it's a fantastic picture. So I got to put that up when I get the chance, but, um, super creative there. People that can just make things unbelievable. Um, Tim Bach. How you doing, Tim? Thank you for writing in. Hi, Jesse. I hope you're well. I have really enjoyed listening to your podcast, especially during the pandemic. It helps fill the void left by the lack of live music. Um, thanks, Tim. Appreciate you listening. I have a quick question slash topic for the podcast. <clears throat> if you have somewhere to work on it, um, to work it in, sorry, I can't read. Keep up the good work. My wife and I have had the privilege of welcoming Carbon Leaf into our house in Columbia, Missouri, several times since 2015. My question is, either personally or musicians in general, what do you think of private backyard or basement shows? My guess is there are pros such as um, such, such as a break from clubs. Um, that is a pro. I have definitely have feelings towards that. And cons such as sound issues and maybe not the best thing for people who don't love the meet and greet concept since it's usually one big long meet and greet. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Take care. Thanks, Tim. Um, yeah, let's break this down. So 
I think like guests, like uh, pros such as taking a break from clubs. I actually, I was sent this, this, um, somebody, somebody put up something on Twitter and hold on, I got to find it really quick. It's about, it's about clubs and, and, um, oh, here it goes. It's posted by propaganda high. I don't know. Venues 2019 quote, get your fucking gear and your stupid band the fuck out of here. Now we have a dance club scheduled to open 30 seconds after your sold out set from which we extorted a 20% merch rate and charged a promo expense for a promo. We never did venues. 2020 we're family. (laughs) It's, it's so fucking true. That's why I am not sad about some of these venues uh, and out oh, whoops um that's why i'm not sad about some of these venues that have closed because i've been in some of these situations where these these venues you know maybe they're not run properly or maybe it's just a problem with um how we feel about art and 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 music as a society and the value we put on it but some of these clubs are taking are taking money that they have not earned. Um, you know, they take percentages from merch sales and bands have to find a way around that to not give money to a person that has nothing to do with how you design that merch or how you put it together. And they're taking a cut because you're selling it in their club. Um, you know, venues do very well on alcohol sales and, you know, the percentage of ticket sales or whatever the deal may be, but they take, 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 take. And that situation there where it's like, all right, we're, we're going to book, we're going to book another show after your show, which your show is sold out. You have a ton of people here. They're all drinking. Everyone's having a good time. But after that, just to, to nickel and dime everybody and to, to try to squeeze everything we can out of this night. We're going to have another show that's after yours that nobody's going to come to. It's going to be a jam band or some bullshit that nobody's going to come to. And then you have to bust your ass breaking down all of your gear and getting it out and packing it up and potentially losing money in merch sales just because people have to get out Um, and you have to pack up and leave and, 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 for, for who, for these like 18 to 20 year old, like bad band. That's going to just play the same song for three hours and until four o'clock in the morning, because why does the club think that's a good idea anyway? But the people that suffer are the ones that put all the effort in. You have these concert promoters that are called promoters, but they don't do shit. They do nothing. They literally do nothing. They are, they get the show, the people that it's like, all right, you've been like carbon leaf, you know, they're going to sell out a certain place and they're going to play a certain place. and They're going to do very well. You have to do nothing, nothing, literally nothing. They'll put a, a post on their Twitter. They'll put a post on their Facebook or whatever, but the real the real work is done by the musicians and the bands and uh, and the booking agents and stuff like that, not by the venue promoters. It's a joke. It's a complete joke. 
<clears throat> so that kind of thing where people are saying, um, you know, these venues are like, oh, you know, blah, 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 help us out. It's like, no, <laughs> you guys chose to run a bad business and now you're done and that's it. And there's going to be other venues and the cream will rise to the top. When we get out of this, there's going to be great venues that take care of artists and the other ones won't be around. Um, so sorry. It's, it's like any business, any business, the good ones stick around, the bad ones go away. That's it. And I understand that people will have nostalgia towards places because they have memories. These places, these venues, they hold, they hold amazing memories, amazing memories. But I have so many memories of places like I won't play the bitter end ever again because of how they run, run their shows. I won't do it. Um, I had to like pack up a drum set on the sidewalk with people walking by, like trying to steal shit because they wouldn't let me pack up in the venue. They needed to get you out. So they get the other show in and they don't have, they don't have a back, a backline kit. So you're able to do it quickly. It's like, get the fuck out of here, guys. Like I, they, they treat you subpar. It's like, the restaurant industry. They treat you like shit. They pay you no money. You're there to work for tips. And then when you don't do your sidewalk, you can get the fuck out. <laughs> or your sidewalk, your side work, you get the fuck out and they'll get the next person. That's what it's like. They'll use you and they'll abuse you. But the bands have power here. Um, sorry, I went off on that whole other thing. Um, let's get back to your question, Tim. Oh, <sighs> I love, all right, we're talking about private backyard basement show. So anything that happens between now and when we're not all wearing masks and we we're comfortable being within six feet of each other and, um, no one's going to do anything inside. We had to do, we did a, uh, private show in Virginia and it was all outside, but you know, they're family, they do stuff together and there was not a whole lot of social distancing. We we're doing our best. And this was a few months ago and they're people that we love, you know, we love these people and we were happy to do their show, but then, you know, they wanted us to come inside and sign their wall. And, and I just wasn't comfortable being inside someone's house. I wasn't, it, it's not, it wasn't the right thing to do. You know, we're all trying to do our part to, get beyond this pandemic and do the things that we can so people don't get sick. And so we don't bring it home to our parents or grandparents or people that are, that are, uh, more, more prone to, to, to feeling some really bad symptoms and, and, you know, and having some bad stuff happen. So I didn't feel comfortable going inside. Um, you know, it, it, it put me, it put a few of us in a position where, um, where we felt like dicks because we didn't want to do it, but you know, it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. And I hope that in hindsight, they understand that we didn't mean anything by it, but, um, you know, I'm happy. I am happy to do a backyard, um, or a house concert. If it's outside, if people just know that, you know, we can't, we can't take the risk to get sick. It has to be done right. It has to be done right. It has to be safe. And sorry to sound lame because I'm the first person to be like, fuck it, let's go, let's do it, let's drink, let's party, let's have fun. Um, but this is just not the time. So 
if you have a great, if you have a setup where your guests know that, all right, this is how we're doing it. This is how we need to do it for this band to feel comfortable, to, to have a good time. And then know that these people aren't going to be like, yeah, sure, sure. Great. And then when it, when it happens, they're just like, no, we're not going to abide by any of that. So you need to, uh, those things all need to be in place. Um, the sound issue is not a con because we just do it a different way. We're not going to play, have the same setup if, if we're playing in a backyard as we would at, um, you know, you're in Missouri. So like old rock house or something like that. Um, you know, we're not, it's not going to be a full drum kit, lights, all that stuff. We have our own traveling PA that we have for situations like this. And um, we probably do a little more stripped down. I'd probably play a little bit more guitar and sing a little bit more um, with the band, you know, not, not on my own. But like, that's, uh, you know, I, I I think it's great. And And with the whole meet and greet concept, having it be like a big, long meet and greet, we just have to do it at a distance. That's really it. You know, um, I think there's definitely ways to do it and we've done, we've done good ones and I've been a part of other really good ones and safe ones. And I've seen them, uh, um, in live streams and stuff like that. So it's definitely possible. I, uh, and I love the idea and Tim, we, we got to get back to your house. I have, I haven't been to your house since I've been in the band. So, we really, really <clears throat> need to make it happen. So let's see. I kind of make this kind of short just because the little guy. So another on another note, non-musical note, um, I was getting to my wife's car last night to go grocery shopping because I don't like going grocery shopping when there's a lot of people there. I like going when there's no one there, like pretty much right before they close or super early in the morning on a weekday that's the only time you're going to find me in the, in the supermarket. And, um, I went, I was going to go last night, late at night. And I went to get in my wife's car cause I have a truck and it's just easier, uh, you know, whatever. It's easier to go shopping with her car. So I went, got in the car, car wasn't starting. This is a 2019 Subaru Impreza. Nice, nice car. Uh, you know, you got to have that all wheel drive for the, um, for the Northeast. It's our, it's our kind of, uh, put the, put all the miles on this car car, but we had some, there was a recall on it. So there's like a fuel thing going on. So anyway, not to make this too boring, but I had to call a tow truck to have them tow it to the dealership. So it's this whole ordeal and now we didn't have a car. So my whole point to this is I have to keep this short because I have to go to Boston to go get my wife from work. She doesn't want to take the train. I don't really want her to take the train. And I took her to work this morning. So Ethan's down for another nap. It's going to be a short one. And I don't it's such a bummer because I'm going to have to wake him up to feed him. So he doesn't get all really mad on the, uh, on the road up. So, man, I feel like maybe I could get away with it, but I got to feed him before we go up because he's going to be pissed and then that'll kind of save us from the way back, especially if there's traffic. Um, so that's really it. That was a pleasure to, uh, answer some of those questions. Please, um, 
if you haven't already, check out the Patreon. It's a good way to support the podcast. And also, Over the Hump is coming back. I don't know which week it's going to come back. It's either next week or the week after, but I want to do a really, really awesome giveaway. Um, so I'm putting that all together, getting the tunes together. I got a great new camera set up. Um, so I'm just waiting for that to all come in. It's probably not going to be next week. It'll probably be the week after that. So I will keep you all posted. Um, and that's it, man. I'm really excited. Really excited. I, I, I feel recharged. I feel better. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to make some videos and, and do all this. Um, and just, you know, be a little bit more creative because this is my lane of creativity, doing the podcast and putting some videos together and trying to put my, my touch on things and you know, whatever, but, um, happy to do it. Very, very happy to do it. So guys, this was kind of a short one. I hope it's, uh, it's okay. I hope it's okay. But, um, love you all. Please email into the podcast at after the gig pod at gmail.com. Love hearing from you. There's new merch items in the store. There's a long sleeve t-shirt. There's a new short sleeve t-shirt. It's called the try hard t-shirt. Um, based off of last week's show, be a hard trier with my, my ugly mug on it. Um, gonna probably do a sale so maybe wait for that to happen but um go check that out guys and go to jessehumphrey.com all the stuff is there and um it was a pleasure i miss you all and hopefully i'll see you soon all right bye i've been in the right place but it must have been the wrong time the right thing, but I must use the wrong line. I've been on the right trip, but I must use the wrong car. Hit us in a bad place, and I wonder what it's good for. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. My head is in a bad place, but I'm having such a good time. I've been running, trying to catch hung up in my mind. Myself a good talking to this time. Doesn't need a little brain salad surgery. I got to cue of my insecurity. I've been in the wrong place, but it must have been the right time. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong song. I've been in the right vein, but it seems like a wrong on. I've been in the right world, but it seems like a wrong, wrong, wrong.
but I must have used the wrong line. I took the right road, but I must have took a wrong train. I took the right move, but I made that wrong.